Welcome to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levain, and as the title of the podcast implies, I am the first time Time Lord because I had never seen this show. And now every week I get super excited. I love this show. I love all the ins and outs, all the intricacies, all the things that make Doctor Who just so much fun and just delicious to break apart. And this week we're talking about Amy's Choice. Uh, It feels like Amy has been really controlling the conversation lately in the podcast, and today it's her choice. But because it's her choice, I had to bring somebody, well, frankly, they requested this episode. This was something they said, I want to talk to you about it. So I'm really interested to know why, and that is the incomparable, the amazing John Sobel. I thank you for having me. Yes, I love this episode. This is such a fun one because of the because of the dichotomy of the of the worlds that we're in. Dichotomy and worlds are definitely two words I would use to describe this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, dear listener, if you haven't uh, ever listened to the podcast before, yes, we are going to discuss the episode, which inevitably means we are going to spoil it. So now is the time for you to pause the podcast if you have not seen Amy's Choice ever like myself, or in a while, like John, and go watch the episode and then come back and join us for our conversation where we are going to really dig deep and illuminate everything that there is to know about this episode because there's a lot. So here we go. Let's jump right in. I, I said it last week in the episode as I talked to Ashley. Amy was starting to concern me. Amy all of a sudden was making out with the doctor and I I was like, are we really going down this road? And then last week it was like, okay, she kind of, she kind of righted the ship. You know, the, the doctor had a very specific conversation with her about how it wasn't really him so much as it was all of the stress and the emotions that went around uh, all of the adventures that they've had that led her to that and had uh, Rory been there she would have you know she would have run to him instead and so here we are it's a Rory episode it's really the first episode in which we really get to spend any significant amount of time with Rory Absolutely. And that's the, uh, one of the fun reasons why I really like this episode, because I really love Arthur Darville. I think he's it's a tremendous actor. I mean, I, I can't say that I've ever seen him anywhere, so I, I have no preconceived notion. Uh, you know, as, uh, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in the podcast with Jenny, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm watching the shows in reverse uh, in that, you know, you guys see somebody like Andrew Garfield and go, hey, that's the guy from Doctor Who. And I see the episode and I go, hey, that's the guy from Spider-Man. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm kind of seeing things in, in backwards order. Um, I, I know of Matt Smith. I have seen him in The Crown and uh, a few other things. I, I, so I... I had a little bit of a set of, you know, uh, unbiased, but, you know, expectations that were coming. I, I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything. What, what else has he done? Well, he's uh, better known to American audiences as Time 
hunter, I guess. No, time agent Rip Hunter. I can say that right. In Legends uh, of Tomorrow. Uh, the, the CW DC oh. comics show where he takes all of the uh, villains and, and minor heroes um, and makes them legends and they go through time. Uh, he and he was the, the lead of that for the first season. Uh, and then he's been in and out of it for the first second, two seasons, the second and third season. He was in and out a little bit. Uh, hasn't been in since. I I feel uh, like I'm yeah, a but, bad nerd because I know of all of this DC existence and uh, I, I've mentioned it many times on my other podcast, the movie podcast, but I, I was a DC guy, not a Marvel guy. I read a lot of DC comics, so I feel like I'm a terrible DC fan because I've seen, I think, a couple of seasons of Flash, a couple of seasons of Arrow, and that's about it. So I, I feel like there's a lot of catch up, but yeah. back to Amy's choice. Uh, Rory had a ponytail and then no ponytail. I guess that, that's how we're going to show the time has passed. You know, a- Amy's clearly fully pregnant, but Rory just decided to grow this weird, like tiny ponytail, almost mullet looking thing. Yeah, I guess when you're in Upper Ledworth, uh, five years after you're done uh, traveling with with the doctor, uh, you got to do something to make yourself more interesting. So you grow your hair out. <laughs> or just a little bit I, of your hair out. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. It was, yeah, it was, I didn't understand that necessarily, but. Yeah, so. The, <laughs> the there's a couple of you know every show uh you know not every doctor who follows a formula but there is a certain formula to doctor who in that in most shows we're introduced to some sort of villain or some sort of antagonist and this show i guess has two the first being the weird eyeball people in the mouths of the old guys And then the other being this dream lord. Well, it's more of the dream lord is the antagonist and pushing the trio between the two worlds. The one being the world with the eyeball people. And the other one is the dead TARDIS falling into the uh, cold burning star. Again, right. I say these things with question marks in my head because I think we're supposed to. Well, it's a big universe. It's you know? just interesting, uh, yeah. Ice can be cold, or stars can be cold, and sofas can speak. Which, okay. I, that's the line. Matt, right. Matt, Matt says that. You know, the doctor says that. And I was like, you know... Stars can be cold, sofas can speak, it's a big universe. So, sure, we're, we're going to go along with it. So, exactly. Um, I, I'm, I'm detecting a bit of caginess. Uh, is there, let, let's talk about the, 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 the mouth people, the eyeball people. Are those villains or creatures that we have met before, or were they, were they a creation specific to this episode? 
this is a creation specific to this episode as much as I can remember. They just don't ever. And I've, and as we've talked about in the past, I go back a ways sure. with Dr. Who. This is definitely something that I don't recall ever, uh, ever seeing before. Uh, they are the, uh, Echodyne, Echodyne. Mm-hmm. They're an old race which hid themselves in elderly humans. But that was, as far as all the notes I found, that was the only time that it's mentioned. Is that is they're this, an old race that hid, hides in elderly humans. It doesn't say, we saw them before in, you yeah, know. And, and they, they mentioned the they were Doctor chased episode out of their of world. Acts, but yeah. yeah. But if they're truly a true uh, race or not, we don't even truly know. Because as we learn... little later on jumping back oh, and yes, forth that, the, that definitely was that definitely was a dream world the well yeah so that was definitely the dream world but so was the frozen star so everything was a dream world according to the doctor and right and the the doctor himself was nothing more than a fiction and the dream doctor was the doctor breaking through their the dream lord dream right the i'm sorry the dream lord was the doctor the real doctor breaking through their dream hallucination caused by the little crystals that he blows into space right and that's obviously how the episode ends and it was complete dream uh but it was this is this is definitely an episode to more show the darkness of what can happen out in space, you know, traveling with the doctor, uh, the problems that happen, uh, but in, in, you know, to well, they, really they tackle a couple of things, you know, the, there's been a couple of threads coming up, uh, through the episodes, uh, prior to this one, uh, you know, Rory last week, mentioned to the doctor had this whole speech that he confronted him with uh that you know he he cares on with this sort of abandon not really uh paying attention to the kind of carnage that he leads his companions through uh which is you know not a completely foreign concept to what we had to deal with, uh, with previous doctors, but it definitely, you know, the, there's some definite conversation in this episode, uh, cause there's a moment in which, you know, Amy is saying it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. The doctor always makes everything okay. And then he doesn't. And she says, you know, if, if you can't save us, what good are you? And that's going to come up uh, in various incarnations. Um, in, it comes up in Torchwood. It does come up again in, in this um, uh, incarnation of the Doctor. Um, actually, in a reverse way, but when we get there, we'll, mm. you'll, you'll see it. You'll hear it and you'll go, oh, wait. It's a pretty. It's a pretty heavy indictment, you know. When, oh, absolutely. When Amy, you know, when Amy has that, uh, I mean, she kind of confronts him, 
Uh, and we know that he's not always the harbinger of good. And we know that people perish, you know, that's, that's how we were introduced to him, you know, and I think it was episode one that, uh, we have a character telling us that death seems to follow the doctor. You know, yes, so this absolutely. is, this is not a, a, an unfamiliar themed, uh, you know, and I guess five series is in you're hoping new people are, are starting up the show. So, uh, you know, some of these themes are getting revisited. Uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of an interesting dilemma that, uh, you know, cause I kept wondering the, the, the title of the show usually makes sense. Uh, at some point in the episode, uh, you know, more towards the middle most of the time you're like ah okay that's that's the title or right away you can see it you know the shakespeare uh episode was pretty obvious uh well, right exactly you know, vampires of uh, venice you're like oh okay I, I i see exactly where you know amy's choice didn't really make sense until the end until you know the last 5 minutes of the episode where you know, and and thank goodness I, you know, because I I mentioned last week and the week before with uh, with Jenny, I was starting to sort of agree more with Jenny and her dislike of Amy than with what my own sense of who this character was. Uh and you know, in this episode, you like you see, no, she really cares. She really does. Uh and in a very sort of dark uh, i think you use those words to describe this episode uh you know this episode uh kind of showed me that maybe i was on the right track with amy uh in that you know the last couple of weeks uh i i had a conversation with jenny about it i had a conversation with ashley about it and i was starting to kind of agree with jenny a little bit after the last episode I watched with her that, you know, Amy's not so great. She's, you know, smooching the doctor. And then last week I felt like there was a little bit of that redemption that, you know, she, she was a little more attached to Rory than even Rose was of Mickey. When Mickey, you know, first kind of joined in their adventuring, uh, and then in this episode, you know, Amy's choice is abundantly clear. And in a very sort of dark way, Amy chooses Rory by realizing I, I don't, if this is real life and Rory is gone, then it doesn't matter. I might as well just go ahead and kill myself, which is really dark for a pregnant woman to do that, even though you know, in my heart of hearts, of course, I know she's gonna, you know, the, 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 the series isn't going to end here. She's not going away from the series. So this is clearly gonna turn out in their favor, but still that was a, that was a moment. Uh, and, and she shares that moment with the doctor and there is a certain level of uncertainty in the doctor's face that was unsettling. Right. Well, yeah, well, he did not want to get into that car and then he realized he had to to end this portion of the of the dream by 
you know, after, after uh, Toby Jones as the dream, the dream Lord gave them the choices. Like if you die in the dream and then you're out of the dream and you're back in reality to which then of course, uh, Rory says, well, what happens if you die in reality? Duh. <laughs> you die. It's reality. That's why they call it reality. <laughs> Right. Uh, which, you know, knowing at the end that that was the doctor speaking through this avatar. Uh, yeah. You're like, I can, that checks out. I can see the doctor saying that. Right. <laughs> so the, the thing that throws me, and again, we're jumping around. Yes. So we'll, we'll talk about the psychological stuff here a little bit more in a second, but the so the the race may or may not have been real because it was all a dream uh but it was sort of a shared communal dream uh, you would have to assume that parts of it are you know based in reality and the doctor having this wealth of knowledge uh he would he would know about these creatures you know even if he had never come into contact with them but they they wake up, they're in the TARDIS, the Dream Lord, uh, you know, warms the TARDIS up and pulls the TARDIS away from the cold star. And then the doctor blows it up because he goes, nope, it was all a ruse to begin with. You know, it's two dreams. We're, we're still in a dream. And then, right. sure enough, they wake up and the doctor does that explanation where it's like, yep, it was always me. The doctor you were talking to was just a figment of your imagination. But then he sees the reflection of the dream lord. Yes. Again, this was the talking about the dark, the dark side of running with the doctor. Um and I use running very particularly because <laughs> that's what we tend to do a lot here. Um, but it's the point of being with the doctor. There is a dark side of it. And that is, um, um, will, you know, keeps on coming up. Uh, and it's, you know, important to know this. And that's why he's, you know, when he saw the reflection, it's still more forefront that dark side. And that's actually um, kind of important a little later on. Okay. And that's also okay. That. Yeah. Cause it, it, it was, uh, you know, sometimes it's very obvious. Sometimes doctor who is very clear and very obvious. Sometimes it, it gets a little heady. Um, and in this particular instance, I watched the ending now twice trying to make sure that I understand uh, because he does look into that reflection and see the dream Lord, not his own reflection. But when he comes back from, he looks up for a minute and when he does look back down, it is himself. So the implication here is that what we saw was the darker side of the doctor being projected into this dream world would that be a fair assessment absolutely fair assessment okay uh perfect okay uh so back to the psychology of the episode um there you know it 
it's it's a very big head trip uh considering you know this is really you know rory has been in the tardis for a matter of hours you know they had an adventure in venice with uh what turned out to be fish from space and not vampires um to then all of a sudden have to contemplate his own future and sort of see his own idyllic version of the future that doesn't quite seem to jive with what Amy's ideal of the future is. We, I guess we don't see that. Right. This is definitely a uh, Rory pushing the, uh, the needle in one direction. Uh, he's a doctor instead of just being a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all these people in the, uh, in the old folks home, uh, the Sarn residential care home, um, is definitely, uh, you know, looking up to him and needing him, uh, to be, uh, um, uh, there mm-hmm. to help. So it's definitely a Rory, uh, tweet, uh, life more than, more than, uh, more than, right. More uh, than Amy's Amy. way, way more than Amy's Which... cause I can't see Amy being wanting to just be, um, um, just a simple housewife, uh, yeah. a, a simple housewife, pregnant. You know, which it just that doesn't fit how I know Amy and uh, you know we, and what we've seen so far. That definitely doesn't fit. You know, a woman who would who would run off with the guy who can uh, give her all of space and time uh, on the night before her wedding, uh, right? Is not so, someone who would can just settle down and. Be a mother and, based a, and, on, a, and a wife. Based on the conversations, and this, uh, you know, this is where like the the writing and the direction of an episode can get to be uh, very. Uh, <laughs> what's a word? Uh, like this episode has some serious la- layers, and I I picked up on that right away, which I, I have a feeling is why you enjoy this episode so much, uh, because. In that idyllic Rory version of the dream, the conversations that they have are all about, well, why couldn't this be? And you could see Amy's apprehension, but she also doesn't want to really unlock or fully discuss it because she knows it's going to make Rory upset. Then the conversations they have in the freezing TARDIS are much more Amy-based. Oh, absolutely. In the TARDIS, Amy says, oh, it doesn't matter that I ran away from our wedding. You know, we're in a time machine. Our wedding, you know, it's the night before our wedding for as long as we want to. Uh, And they have a lot of those conversations in the TARDIS. So, in a way, the pregnant, you know quaint village version is Rory's dream and the freezing TARDIS is Amy's dream. And both dreams are, you know, the, the, the dream Lord told us they would be, you know, threats to their existence on both dreams. So both dreams are sort of being, uh, threatened and, and almost being torn apart. But it seems pretty clear that psychologically speaking, 
Rory is still very much dependent on being with Amy and being uh, sort of that, uh, having that quaint and lovely existence with Amy. Whereas Amy, at least subconsciously, is much more about let's go adventure, let's go, which checks out. You know, when we first meet her, she is this young. Uh, you know, this young girl with seemingly kind of a dead end job, like a a laugh off job. You know, nothing. She doesn't have a, a kissogram, right? She doesn't have a career. She's you know, she's just kind of going through life uh, without a real rudder, as opposed to Rory, who's you know going to school. He's studying you know medicine. Uh, so. It, it it seems like you know that's where we're going and then for the for the entire episode to take that turn where amy consciously makes a decision in rory's dream world to end it to follow him again because she loves him so much and then it is the idyllic version of rory's mind that has created the doctor that ultimately wakes them up into reality. Right. You know, so, but again, it's, it, it is, it is the, um, actual people in the dream. It's not the doctor. Wasn't the doctor, Amy's version of the doctor in the dream. It was the doctor in the dream. He was in that dream. It wasn't a dream because they all shared the same experiences. So it wasn't a true dream where you dream about people and they do things, but they have no clue what they're doing. This was a shared experience. I I thought the implication at the end when the doctor says, well, I'm 907 years old, was that he was not affected by the crystals. Oh, no, he was definitely affected. This is all the, this was the three of them were dealing with this together. Oh, okay. Even though I truly do agree with your assessment with the one part being uh, Rory's choice and the other part being Amy's choice to steal from the, the title. Sure. Um, of, which, of which life they would. Um, even though the, the dream lord said one is reality, one isn't. Clearly he was lying, as the doctor said. He's the dream lord, he can only control dreams. So we were just choosing between which dream we would be in. Um, which again, as we find out, was just the doctor being a pain in the neck. <laughs> so the doctor was basically in there twice. Oh yes, but he was bouncing back and forth between with everyone else. Right, but th- he was also so. It, uh, when they when they blew up the TARDIS, the doctor was probably near the control room. And was able to get to the control room first and find everything where Amy and Rory were sleeping in whatever bedroom they have uh, further further away and came down together. Well, the doctor had already figured out what had happened and was able to pull the uh, psychic crystals out of the out of the uh, the psychic pollen. Excuse me, not crystals. Yeah. out of the time out of the time rotor mm. um, uh, where they were, and they heated up and created the dream state that they were in. So when the doctor is talking to the dream lord, he's basically talking to his subconscious? Yes. He, he's not exactly sure 
who it is yet. He didn't realize it until the very till the very end when he blew up the TARDIS. So when when he left and as all of a sudden everything comes together, and you'll find that a lot with the Matt Smith version of the Doctor is that there's a lot of talking, a lot of talking, a lot of talking as he's trying to plan it out. But once he gets it, it's you know, you know pedal to the metal. Sure. So to to fix wow. whatever the problem. Well, is. then, because that changes how I just the just that little bit of perspective changes how I see the episode because then the dream Lord is the literal representation of the, the split psyche and the, the, so when the dream Lord is speaking to Amy, it's the darker side of the doctor, basically, you know, trying to entice Amy to, you know, at least what he says to Amy is all, insinuating that hey amy the doctor's really cool why are you hanging out with rory rory's unimportant right well yeah it's it's the dark side of the doctor saying you've been playing this double for too long you need to you need to choose and the the dream state just happened to be the way to have it happen As it were. as it were, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. What I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this episode again. Yeah, no, it's definitely there's a lot in this episode that you definitely need multiple viewings. And you know, when we during the uh, tenant time that we were doing the episodes, I was kind of keeping up with you and just watching one episode at a time. Uh, Matt Smith is my favorite doctor. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. Matt Smith is my favorite doctor. Mm. Even though he's not my first doctor, he's my favorite doctor. Um, and we have, um, where we, you know, so I really like watching and I've been watching ahead a bunch. Um, I'm actually already into the next season, but that's <laughs> only, only more for knowing which episodes I'd like to talk about um, than anything else. And, so, so even recently, I've seen where um, the companions that I'm watching now, how they're different from the companions you're watching now, um, and seeing all the different all the different things. So it's you know even as we're sitting here talking, even though yes, I've watched every ep- I've seen every episode from here to current, uh, but rewatching again, you really get a you get. Uh, so much more to it. I haven't seen these episodes in a couple of years. Mm. Uh, and so to be able, able to have, um, you pick them up here and there, but now that HBO Max has them, uh, I've been watching them on a regular basis to really suck myself back into Whoville to uh, to be a, a better Whovian to <laughs> help uh, with with the podcast and just my own, my own psyche. I really feel that uh, this show really uh, helps balance me because i work in a restaurant it's kind of chaotic and everything so to watch these kind of episodes actually see the other chaotic and then see it all come together kind of helps uh center me a little bit but yeah i mean i know it sounds weird uh or it, it sounds uh made up manufactured when i say i i love watching the episodes every week 
Uh, you know, it sounds like something I would say simply because, hey, I'm trying to pedal a podcast. The The truth is this episode ha- or the, this episode is fantastic. And like I said, I'm going to have to go back and watch it uh, again uh, now that <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I have a lot to process and I'm sure there's going to be even more tidbits that I'm going to learn. Uh, but oh, yes, the you know, the the show has been this amazing sort of uh, comfort uh, and this both the familiar and the unfamiliar, you know, the, the familiar tropes of sci-fi, the familiar tropes of this type of sci-fi. And yet the, the thoughts that this show has elicited, the scenarios that the show discusses, uh, and in many episodes, we've discussed how almost clairvoyant Russell Davies is and, uh, you know, now even Muffet in that, you know, the episode uh, carries a whole new meaning uh, put through the prism of the time that we are currently going through as opposed to the time when these episodes first aired. So, uh, you know, when I say I enjoy and I love and I cannot wait for the next episode, I genuinely mean it. This is, you know, like you said, for you, it helps you kind of find your center in in a hectic work environment. Uh, You know, for me, this has helped me. This has been, you know, a weird form of therapy. Uh, and every week I get to have a session with, uh, you know, with one of my experts, uh, to really get the episode to internalize it like we are with this, uh, and get even more joy out of it to the point where as soon as we're done with this episode, uh, with the recording of the podcast, I'm going to watch it again because there's so much in there. Uh, so all that's being said, what, what did I miss? I'm sure there's little, uh, Easter eggs throughout this entire episode that I missed. Well, there's, there's a lot. And, uh, let's see. I didn't see um, a crack so, yeah, I, for the record. I was looking, I, was just, I didn't see a crack. I was about to say, so you saw, I was going to say, you saw the crack, I'm sure. And you saw, uh, the reference of the silence. Oh, wait, no, you didn't because they weren't in either this episode. Yes, I didn't. I didn't um, see it. So I, was, yeah, no, I was starting to yeah, wonder, nothing did I crack, not? Nothing with the silence. No, yes, no, you're you're fine with that. Um, things that may be, that are important, but may take some time. Uh, the doctor says that he's uh, 907 years old. Mm-hmm. This, this is kind of important. Um. And that's what I'm going to say about that. There's a lot of there's a lot of other digs into the doctor, uh, the Dream Lord, talking about um, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, saying that he was surprised they didn't have a little uh, purple space dog with him, which is obviously uh, a, a, a canine, reference to canine. Yeah. Uh, talking about um, talking about how he has an affection for redheads because that's Elizabeth the first. Mm-hmm. Um, also. Talking about um, um, making uh, Dreamlord made a reference about Jackie Tyler. Um, I mean, anything could happen, and that was kind of a thing. Uh, the doctor pulls out a stethoscope uh, in this episode, and he hadn't done that in, as uh, the Matt Smith version. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've seen, but we saw David Tennant use it quite a bit, especially in um, um, the uh, episode we saw. Uh, we watched the Christmas episode with the Arachnos, the, the oh yes, uh, it, it, Runaway Bride, the Runaway Bride, and then he brought it out again for uh, Donna's first uh, episode of, of season four uh, when he was outside Adipose, of yeah. the window, listen with the Adipose listening into. Uh, trying to listen into the conversation in the office uh, when he, when he saw finally sees Donna for the first time. Uh, and that comes out again and we'll see that again. It's kind of a, a little, you know, he's a doctor. He's got that sure. um, as a, a musical uh, theater person. <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy the comment that Amy said that she became pregnant. So she didn't have to see the local production of Oklahoma. <laughs> um, <laughs> She she and I have a uh, 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 similar feeling on that. Um, the uh, uh, there was a when the doctor went um, underneath the console to uh, open up the box to actually start the self destruct system. Mm-hmm. He opened up a panel. If you pause the sh- if you pause it, the panel says. TARDIS, time and relative dimensions in space. Build site Gallifrey Black Hole Shipyard. Type 40, build date 1963. Authorized used by qualified time lords only by the Shadow Proclamation. Misuse, misuse or theft of any TARDIS will result in extreme penalties and permanent exile. And they've talked about that a bunch of times, about how, how he stole the, how he stole the, the TARDIS. Mm. Um, and then, uh, one other thing, where was it then? And I was just looking at it. Oh, the, um, Sarn, um, I just had that. And now I just lost it. Where was that? Oh, well, I mentioned that, that the TARDIS, um, instruction manual, uh, was thrown into the supernova <laughs> because he disagreed with it. Um, there was actually an episode with the fourth doctor where he uh, was arguing with the manual and ripped out a page in it. So it's shortly, and we're going to assume he did, he threw it out shortly after that. Um, the first uh, episode since Rose to have the name of the companion in its title. Mm. Um, and then uh, the Sarn, yes. Um, Sarn was a planet for a uh, fifth doctor, fifth doctor episode, and a character um, in another episode. I can't find out which doctor it was. It was called Time and the Ronnie. Uh, but I think it was just a, a word that was used, and it's like it's kind of sitting there, and they kind of wanted to use it, so mm. they just use it. Um, and of course, I can't find which doctor it is all of a sudden. So that's that's all. Uh, oh, here it is. Um, it was seventh doctor. Sorry, time in the Ronnie. Oh wow! That uh, Sarn was a supporting character. And then um, one of the attacking uh, older people was played by Nick Hobbs. Who is a stunt man who's uh, done stuff for uh, Deathly Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows, Age of Ultron, 
I made several appearances in Doctor Who in the early 70s. Mm. Uh, so again, I love those things when it comes up with uh, with actors who have been in the show before, and they then they use them again. Well, all those are great, but I think it's time for the real TARDIS tidbits presented by Ashley. Take it away. This is Ashley's TARDIS tidbits for Series 5, Episode 7, Amy's Choice. Although it was the seventh episode of the season to air, this was actually the last episode of the fifth series to be filmed, and the editing on it was only finished a week before it aired. The prosthetic baby belly that Karen Gillan had to wear in this episode made her feel, quote, more mature and act ridiculously, and cited it as her favorite part of filming the entire fifth series. Showrunner Stephen Moffat originally gave writer Simon Nye the premise of the episode in order for it to fit into the series arc. The whole point of this episode was to challenge the Doctor and Amy's relationship. Nye said that Rory's death scene is essentially where Amy finally realizes her real feelings for Rory. He wanted to prove that Amy really loved him and he was just not a, quote, cipher boyfriend or fiancé. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for another exciting tidbits. Uh, that was some great uh, info to round out this episode. So, John, is there anything else? Oh, yes. Those birds. Those birds. The birds. I love those birds. Well, that, you know. It was, such a, it was such an easy way to do it in the upper Ledworth to, to oh, we hear birds song and then they fall asleep. but then. The, the gag of, oh, why are we hearing that in, in the TARDIS? Are we still dreaming? And then they fall asleep and they wake up back in Upper Wedworth. And it's that little quick touch that people, you know, that you may not catch the first time, then you may not even catch it the second time, but after the third time you do it, you know, and it catches. Yeah, it, it was again. a nice, you know, it, it was the uh, the quintessential from Wayne's World, I felt. Right. You know, it was like, and now we're going to go into the dream world, and now we're going to come out of the dream world. But, yeah, really, really deep episode. I feel like not a lot uh, not a lot of, of uh, if, if this were the Russell T Davies uh, era, this would have been like one of those monster of the week episodes uh, that were fun, but that didn't really tie back into the main story because not a lot right. is revealed of the crack. Not a lot, like you mentioned of the silence, uh, but there's definitely some character stuff that happened here that I really oh, enjoyed. Major character issues that will then come back again. So that's even though it wasn't, it didn't forward the uh, overarching uh, crack in the wall, silence has fallen storyline that we pretty much have heard almost every episode going, you know, from the very episode, the The very first, first, um, especially with the crack in the wall. There's definitely things that are. are key and will uh you will see again and again especially this season but even further on Mm -hmm. well you know uh after 
after Mr. Davies uh, really played with my emotional uh, well-being uh, at the end of Series 4, you know, I love me some long game. Uh, oh, you yes. know, I love those storylines that take several series to pay off, but uh, I'm here for it, and I cannot wait for the next episode. Thanks so much for joining me, John, and uh, I'm really, I'm really glad I was able to share this episode with you because it's, yeah, I love this episode. Yeah, this is like I said, I, even though this is not my favorite season, as the last season was my favorite season, just the way it all played together. There are definite there are episodes that I really love. Uh, we have another one coming up shortly that uh, is another one of my true favorites. Um, uh, not just the Christmas episodes, but there's there's mm-hmm. other episodes I love. And we're going to be talking about one very shortly Yeah, uh, in a couple of weeks that uh, I'll be back for uh, that, that I really, really love. Well, but you're going to have fun with the next couple episodes before, before that. <laughs> well, I can't wait for, until those uh, come up. And honestly, I can't wait. Uh, next week is going to be just as much fun. So thanks again for joining me for the podcast this week, John. My pleasure. We'll talk soon. And thanks, dear listener, for making it to the end of another exciting First Time Lord. As always, you can go and visit our website, firsttimelord.com. There you can leave a comment on this week or every other week's episodes. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, this this episode was quite a heady one. I, I'd be interested to hear what you, dear listener, thought uh, were you like me? Did you get a little sidetracked with that whole Dream Lord? Uh, I mean, this this podcast has certainly helped me fix that. But did you get sidetracked or not? Uh, that I'll be really interested to hear that. While you're visiting firsttimelord.com, you can visit our merch shop. We have some cool t-shirts and other accoutrements that you can get there. Uh, and that will help. Uh, with the cost of producing the show and maintaining the show online. Uh, if merch is not your thing, but you want to support the show financially, you can click on the link that will take you to Patreon. Or if you go on over to Patreon and do a search for Daniel Levine, you can support the show that way. And uh, the most important way, if you want to support the show, is share it with somebody. Somebody like me that has never watched the show, or somebody like John that has seen every episode but could use a revisit. Share and share alike. This fandom has so much to offer, and I can't wait to share my excitement and to get to be an even bigger part of it. But we are pretty much out of time uh, heading into next week for an exciting uh, episode in which the earth is kind of hungry. I'm going to go eat. See you next week, everybody. And of course, after I eat, a little Oedipus will come out of me and fly away. Oh, now I'm sleepy. I'm going to go to sleep.